0: I'm Kyle Rhoad, and this is the Rebel HR Podcast. Rebel HR is a podcast for HR professionals who are ready to make some disruption in the world of work. Follow us online on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, rebelhumanresources.com, or follow me on Twitter at Rebel HR Guy. All right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Super excited for our guest this week. His name is Paul Farmer. He is an innovator and entrepreneur in our local community here. We are joined, as always, by our wonderful, talented co-host, Molly Burdess. Paul, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: So, Paul, I'd like to start with you giving us a little bit of an overview into your background. You're not a traditional HR practitioner, so I think it'd be great to hear a little bit about your story.
1: Uh that's that's a true story. They have not let me into HR as of yet. My background actually I started in high school uh working for a financial institution and decided that I, I kinda liked that. And so um I've been in banking for the last twenty some odd years. But I also had this parallel where I you know I dreamed as a child to be a, a Disney imagineer. And uh, about 10 years or so ago, um, my two worlds kind of came together and the credit union that I work for, I was able to lead some of the innovation and continuous improvement work. And then alongside that, I've always just uh, had a passion for solving problems. And usually that came in the form of, uh, you know, starting up little businesses here and there and and have been doing that as well along along the way so it's been pretty fun crazy ride not a lot of free time
0: yeah so in your in your free time what do you do for fun ah uh, great question usually uh
1: i'm an outdoors person i love to camp and hike and uh fish and just be outside so
0: yeah it's uh, been uh, that's that's been one of the positive things in covid uh living in the middle of nowhere in Iowa is we've been socially distancing since the 1800s, right? <laughs> so we can go outside yeah. get fresh air and stay six no feet doubt. apart from, from everybody we see. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So Paul, what would you consider to be your calling? How did you get into some of the endeavors that you uh, found yourself going into?
1: Um, you know, I, I see myself definitely as um, an opportunist, but also someone who I'm a problem solver by nature. And so when I see something uh, that doesn't just fit right, um, then I'm always looking for a way to solve it. Whether that be starting a business or creating a new app or or what that might be. Um, I'm just always looking for easier ways to get things done.
0: What do you wish that you would have known when you were starting out?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, there's some things you wish you would have known, and then there's some things you're glad you didn't know. Um, you know, some of those things of it's it's uh, there's a reason why not everybody's in business, right? Because it's hard. And uh, if we all knew that, then nobody'd probably be in business. So I'm kind of glad I didn't know that it was as hard as it was going to be. But things that I wish I would have known that it's okay to share your idea. I think that's one of the biggest learnings early on is everyone wants to keep those ideas really close to their best, you know, because if I share it, then you might steal it. Right. And uh, as you start to figure things out, as you start to, um, uh, do this more and more, you realize, uh, the idea is extremely cheap. There's nothing special about the idea. It's executing on the idea that actually is worth something. And so, Uh, now, you know, I'm an open book and sharing ideas all the time because if you can do it faster and better, well, knock yourself out. Um, because it's, it's never as easy as you think it's going to be.
2: My personal issue with that is I don't share my ideas now because I'm afraid somebody's going to steal them, but because I'm afraid I'm going to look like an idiot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite quotes, um, from Albert Einstein has, and I'm going to probably slaughter it, but something to do with if at first it doesn't seem absurd, then there's no value to it. And so I, I have that in my office and, and kind of, I look at that often, especially when I get that person shaking their head at me thinking, what are are we doing here? So.
2: Yeah, it's something I've learned and had to practice for sure. And Part of it, I think, is what I found is who I surround myself with and the culture that I have if it's in business. Like, you know, if I have a team that's negative, negative, negative or is going to tear down, you're going to you're not fostering that. Right. So mm-hmm. surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with those positive people, I think, is insanely important when it comes to innovation and also risk taking. That's what I'm finding anyway. Um And I am not a risk taker by nature. So it's just it takes a little practice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. Risk taking is definitely one of those things that you have to
0: overcome. Yeah, I think that's a I just think that's an inherent trait in a lot of HR people. You know, (laughs) we're we're relatively risk averse. A lot of us like a lot of rules. You know, we get the we get the rap as being the policy police. I don't know about you, Molly, but and then you you wonder why people don't follow the policy, in a, and then you realize, oh, the handbook's like 100 pages long, <laughs> and nobody's going to remember right. <laughs> any of this right. <laughs> after Nobody they sign it. this.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, so I get it. that.
2: But I think to be strategic, actually, I know to be a strategic HR leader in any role, you have to be innovative. Like, how do we overcome that? If it's not natural to you, how do people overcome it?
1: Yeah, well, great question. I mean, gosh, this this year is a is a an example of how uh we've all been forced to do that, right? Uh, with COVID and everything else, um like it or not, maybe kicking and screaming out the door, but we had to overcome that and and embrace the fact that things weren't going to be the same as they've always been and we have to be okay with change. Um You know, I joke a lot of times that I need a a chase lounge in my office because of the psyche, you know, I put my psychiatry hat on uh, when working with people around innovation and continuous improvement, uh, because it is, there's a psychological element there of letting go and being okay with change. And I've had people with tears and then later look back and go, why on earth was I so emotional about? you know, letting go of this or that, or, or embracing whatever that, that new thing is. And, you know, taking the time to just step back and get out of your own way and uh, practice that practice um, standing in a place different than you're used to, and trying to look at things through a different lens. uh, You know, I think it's a good start to getting out of your own way to embracing change. And Embracing the fact that it's not about you nine times out of ten. You know, they make it about them and it's really not about them.
2: I was just going to ask, I was just thinking, like, what part of innovation is people and what part of it is processes?
1: Yeah, good question. Those two definitely, you know, go hand in hand. I I don't think you have one without the other. Mm -hmm. I think it's both. You know, the innovation is really people with the ability to look at something differently. It's incremental to disruptive, but ultimately it starts with someone who's solving a problem in a different way. The innovation is gonna stick if it's truly solving a problem and the right problem. That's often often the hardest part is making sure you're solving the right one.
0: Yeah, so take me through an example of a time where you did have, you had an employee or you had, an individual that you were consulting through a change or developing an innovation, how did you work them through the, the process and how did you ultimately uh, get the desired result? Give me an example of one of those.
1: I think the, the tools that I use most often come from uh, actually from a lot of the continuous improvement work or lean work that typically you find in manufacturing, but, a lot of uh, organizations are embracing, even in service organizations like the one I work for, really it's about getting people to see the path themselves. I typically go in to a situation where we're trying to solve a problem with an idea of where the solution probably lies, but by helping the team actually get there on their own, then you have uh, inherently the buy-in uh, that you need to make that change because they're owning the change versus you placing the change upon them. You know, we look at you know how things are running today, then we then we talk about how we want things to be and kind of lay out that utopia. And then how we're going to get there. And, and we take that cross-functional team and we talk about how we're going to get there. And then as a team, you know, we decide what that uh, solution is going to be. And then that team, you know, goes out and shares that with all their co-workers. Um, and then it's not coming from a manager and it's not coming from me as uh, or any other leader in the organization, it's coming from the team itself that's in and around the process where the change is happening.
0: So I'm curious. So is your perspective that the that there's already an idea of what the right thing to do is in mind, or does the team truly develop that?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Typically, there's a general direction that you're going to head. Uh, oftentimes, uh, it gets polished and better than. You know, we truly believe that the, uh, the group is going to come up with a solution better than any one person could. Right. However, you know, you, you typically have a direction you think it's going to go. And um, a lot of times you do go in that direction, but there's shifts and changes and things that you uncover that you wouldn't have uh, had you not included the, the people in, that are in and around the process in the in the conversation itself.
0: Sure. I think that's one of the potential pitfalls, especially for an HR person, when you're rolling out change, and and we're doing that all the time, especially in 2020, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Is, you know, we we can assume that we think we know what the right solution is, Mm -hmm. and we go about it and we just roll something out. And, you know, hey, everybody here, get behind this and sign on the dotted line that we reviewed this. You know, (laughs) that's kind of the, that's a lot of times that's the approach because it's easy. So what advice would you give to, is somebody in, in our role or, or a leader of people who's, who's got what they think is a pretty clear idea of the direction we need to go, how do they bring the team along for the ride when they've already essentially defined where they're going?
1: Well, I think you have to be open to the fact that you might be wrong. So if you're not, then I would just stick with the original plan. Um, so you go in with an idea of the direction it's probably going to go, but you still have to be open to the fact that it might not go that way. So, um, if it truly is, this is the way we have to go, then, you know, I think you go back to the, you know, the typical, um, you know, helping people see why or this or that. But if you're truly open to the idea of the individuals in and around uh, that process, and it could be at any level of the organization, right? It could be all, it could be frontline all the way to, uh, uh C suite individuals who then come together and look at that, uh, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, with, with some constraints, solve the problem at hand. A, cl- a clear problem statement is ideal. You know, you need a clear cut. This is the problem we're trying to solve then you need clear constraints. Here are the rules that we have to abide by when solving that problem. Because if you just tell people to think outside the box, outside the box is infinite, right? It it goes forever. Uh, But if you reframe the box outside the box and say, this is the sandbox we get to play in to solve this problem, then that helps people focus in and come up with a solution to whatever it is, whatever problem you're trying to overcome. Uh, and, and come up with solutions. And maybe together we go the direction you thought we were going to go, and maybe it's a little bit different, but you got to be open to that.
2: Some things that I've done in my career to foster innovation within our organization is, of course, surveys, right? I think everybody, that's probably the most common thing, um, but we've also sure. offered. Um, An award or an incentive for people to be innovative. So submit an idea how to improve a process or improve our organization. If that idea gets implemented, you get X dollars as a bonus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are some other ways you have seen um, organizations or leaders foster innovation within their workplace?
1: Yeah, I think those are some popular ones. I think those can be challenging Right, especially if you don't have a specific problem to solve. I've seen people that uh, do some sort of idea generation tools. There's several of them out there where you post a problem to solve, and then everyone is submitting solutions to that problem to solve. Then you you start to naturally see leaders of those solutions come forward because a lot of these tools are using some sort of um, you know almost face social media style platform where you're you have a conversation thread going there so that's one way that i've that i've seen people do it using uh lean methodology where you're going in and you're they talk about walkabouts where you're you know walking through the processes and looking at you know different things and then um you know just identifying those little incremental shifts that add up to Innovation is another way of of doing that would be the almost the two different spectrums there.
0: You know, we've talked a lot about innovation and I know uh, in, in past conversations with you, we talked about the word pivot, which is, mm-hmm. I think, going to be the theme uh, for 2020. I just think about the, that Friends episode where they're on the <laughs> and, and stairwell with the couch and just yelling pivot at each other. That's pretty much yes. 2020 at this point in HR. Or uh, I call it like the 2020 whack-a-mole. It's like which crisis are you dealing with today, and and where are you dealing with it at, and <laughs> which department, which which city, whatever. Um, so tell me what what you have done within your organizations to pivot into 2020's new reality.
1: Well, most recently, my business partner and I this this spring, you know, with every problem like this fosters opportunity. You know, we're thinking about, okay, how, how are we going to do this? How how are people going to shift and to use your word pivot, um, which I use, I love that I, I use pivot all the time. And then the friends episode instantly comes up in the group. You know, how are we going to pivot on this and think of ways to help people in different areas. And the one area we're talking about is team building i i'm a social creature i i love to and i i think at one level or not everyone is you know we we need that interaction with with each other and so how do you foster that interaction how do you do that team building in this virtual world that we're living in right now and my business partner and i also like to do uh, talk about escape rooms i he uh, he actually builds escape rooms. And we we like to uh, do them. And so we said, okay, well, how do we take that same concept and we put, make it virtual? And so we looked at a way, we we talked about, well, what's important about team building? You know, when you go and do that with your team, you know, what's important about that? And how do we recreate that in, in this environment? We talked about problem solving and getting people engaged and making sure that that one person isn't kind of floating in the background or how do you uh, do an element of trust that I'm gonna trust that you're gonna do what you need to do, um, those types of things. And so we came up with this virtual escape room as our first go, and we're calling our this business Squad Ready. And Squad Ready's first uh, virtual escape room is has a pirate theme, it's kind of fun. Uh, you're using an avatar to, to navigate around this island. The storyline goes that, you know, your ship has crashed on here and the Navy is after you and you've got an hour to get out of there. And every good escape room's got a nice storyline. So we've got, a, you know, the story and you're walking your pirate around and as a team in this game setting, you're figuring out how you're going to get off this island. So it's been pretty fun.
0: Are pirate noises obligatory?
1: <laughs> I yeah, you know, you do have to you have to work on your pirate voice as you um because you 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 know you talk to each other and should have some sort of coaching ahead of time as to, you know, proper pirate etiquette in terms of speech <laughs> and other things it would be fantastic.
0: Interesting approach. You know, for me it's I'm extremely competitive and I just I just want to mm-hmm. win. Uh, yeah, it doesn't necessarily always work the best in an escape room environment. Uh, <laughs> so so how do you how do you foster the interaction between the people doing the escape room versus somebody who's just like a gamer and is like, "Oh, I'm just going to go I'm going to go find all these elements. I'm sure this is the next thing and just doing it by themselves." How do you foster the teamwork aspect? The
1: the teamwork aspect, we've got puzzles in there where uh it takes three people to actually solve the puzzle and you have to work together all three of you have to there's a couple of different ones that do that we plant a couple of the um, and I don't want to give away too many of my secrets here but we plant a couple of the things that you need to get out of there in uh, individuals inventory but what you have is different from what I have so we you know we you plant a couple of things like that so that one person can't just be running ahead and and um, you know, gathering that, I think there naturally some leaders are gonna emerge and you know and that's good conversation. I think that happens in your traditional teamwork type environments where a leader is gonna emerge and kind of take charge and having some conversation about that is really good, but what we're able to do in a virtual environment is we're able to force uh interaction that you can't do outside a virtual environment where you Say okay, this per- if you want to get out of here, this person's going to have to participate because they've got a piece of the puzzle that nobody else has. So, we've we've planted some different elements in there like that to just uh, you know make sure everybody's engaged and in, in a way to get you out of there.
0: Cool, Molly. Have you ever done an escape room?
2: I sure have. I'm awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> They're really fun though, but I'm not great at it. I always missed the little hints. But I'm more, I am very, you know, inclusion is one of my core values. So I'm Mm -hmm. happy and content to go into those escape rooms. And I look at it as my job just to make sure that everybody's participating and (laughs) everybody's including everybody. So it works
0: out. Right. So you're the connector. I'm I'm the one that like, I I just want to finish as fast as possible. So I I, I start to um, maybe not foster that. Sense of teamwork and camaraderie as much. you bulldoze? Are you a bulldozer? Uh, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that, that yeah. label.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you keep saying pivot. I've been talking with my team a lot this week specifically about pivoting from survival mode to thriving. Like, we have mm-hmm. to get out of this. We're just trying to get through the year. We're just trying to get through 2020 because mm-hmm. it's not going to do our business any good. It's not going to do ourselves any good. Like we have to pivot from surviving to thriving.
1: I, I think it's a really good point, though, and and one that we're hanging on to as well because you can look at this year and and kind of you can do that same thing with as little of something as team building, right? You can say, oh, we're just going to do that next year because we're gonna we're gonna plow our way through the rest of this year and then next year we'll go back to that normal stuff and what we're saying is don't wait till next year because um for a lot of good reasons and um you know do some of the thing these things and we've tried to figure out another way to do that with this new concept and and there's lots of other ways to do that too people have figured out how to you know have uh have a drink together at four and everybody's on the screen and, and this and that. Uh, but it, what I will say about this that's different is the interaction is different. It feels a little more real, as crazy as that sounds, because you're working on solving a problem together and you're, you know, you're playing a game together versus when you try to have a drink over the screen, it still doesn't feel like you're next to me. That just doesn't feel right where in this case, you know, we've created this virtual world that isn't like anything else. So you're not, uh, you don't have that something to compare it to that then feels off, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. And I would agree with that. I've done some of the, you know, there's been some virtual happy hours and there's some, sure. some like happy hour podcasts and that kind of thing. And for me, it's just like, you know, by the end by the end of my day in HR, I just want to sit and not stare at a screen, you know, I'm like zoomed out. Right. I've got this zoom fatigue. And even if I'm just, you know, um, staring at nothing, I'd rather, I'd rather not watch a screen, but it, yeah, that's an interesting psychological principle that because you don't expect it to be any certain way besides on a screen and in a game environment, mm-hmm. you're perfectly comfortable with it. Right. It's interesting. So it's like, so it's like uh call of duty, but work appropriate and fosters teamwork. <laughs> yes. <that> would... <laughs> Call of Duty did not sponsor this podcast, by the right, way, unless they right, want to. Right. I'd be happy. To I was
1: going to say, we'll take them if they want to. But <laughs> Yes, it's that first person without the shooter part. So that first person um, character, uh, yes, work appropriate and a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I, I find it so fascinating. The, the, I think 2020 is going to go down. We're going to look at, back at it and we're all going to, you know, we're all going to think, wow, what a, what a wild year.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I also look at, you know, the silver lining and everything. And if you look at all of the advancements that have been accelerated in the world of technology, training, um, workplace communication, you know, communication in my company is better than it's ever been yeah because we're all talking face to face and and um, not in the same room but we're we're face to face you know via technological means you know i think this is a this is a really interesting uh, approach to some of the face to face trainings that we've tried to do or team building events that hr has tried to do sometimes successfully sometimes not um, right. I don't know how you do, how, how can you do virtual trust falls? Does anybody figure that one out yet? We actually had that conversation very
1: early on because that's like the, the, the poster child of, of, uh, of team building events is, you know, how do you recreate that trust and, uh, <laughs> We haven't figured out the trust ball just yet. Uh,
2: okay, so I've when, got, I, here's what I'm thinking in my mind. I don't know if it makes sense, but have you seen those videos where somebody accidentally stands up and then they're in their underwear? <laughs> hmm, what am I going to, am I going to trust my team to tell me? And then am I going to trust my team to do something with that information?
1: <laughs> that's what I'm glad is. the HR person is saying that example and not me, but yes, that <laughs> that's an option for it. you. I don't, right. I
0: don't, I don't encourage our listeners to wear their underwear and see if people say <laughs> anything, but Molly, that's a, that's a, hey, you, you, you it work in a really progressive helps. company. Yeah. My favorite awkward, like zoom moment is the, it, it happens. I think it happens at every meeting. It's the, you're muted. Oh. And yeah. it's like, okay, who's the person, who's the first one that's going to tell them. So Paul, where is this, where is this app at in the development stage? Is it, um, it, are, have you gone live are you still doing some testing or uh, how do we find out more about this?
1: Yeah, no, thanks for asking. So, squadready.com and it's squad s q u a d hyphen ready r e a d y.com. Um it is just about to launch. So, we're hoping here this first part of October uh to have it ready to go. We're doing our last of tests uh right now. Um it's 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 going to be fun. So, we are getting ready to roll it out here real shortly.
0: So we are going to do uh, a new segment for podcast. I'm going to call it the the Rebel HR Flash Round. So first question is, what are you reading right now?
2: You didn't ask me, um, but I want to play because I am reading um, John DeJulius, The Customer Service Revolution, and I'm getting so many great ideas from this book. And then I'm reading the next one that is called What's the Secret by the same guy. It's all about customer experience, and it's amazing. Highly recommend it.
1: So I, I will say I am more of an article guy. That's usually my attention span. But the book I'm reading right now is called Scaling Lean, and uh, a really cool book uh, using lean principles uh, for entrepreneurs. So talking about you know how to take that idea and the different tools to use to get that that idea off the ground, that that business off the ground. It's a pretty cool book.
0: All right. Second question. Who should we be listening to? Um, I'm a big
1: Simon Sinek fan myself. I'm I am a TED Talk junkie. I, I you know cause there again my my attention span seventeen minutes. That's perfect. That's about all you're gonna get, and then I'm off to the next squirrel running across. to Simon Sinek. He just uh, I, I really believe in um, purpose behind whatever it is that you're doing and. And, you know, that problem solving and uh, he just, uh, I really enjoy listening to him.
0: Molly, do you want to play along? I don't want to leave you out.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks. You're never very really good at these. Um, I'm going to take that same path. Dax Shepard. I've been listening to him a lot and just his humility and his honesty. i It just grounds me.
0: Yeah, great podcast. My wife listens to the Armchair Expert all the time. All right. And uh, last question. How can our listeners connect with you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, um, I've got an email address here for Squad Ready right now is pirates at squad-ready.com. So if you want to reach out and learn more about that, uh, I I would love to connect with you and pick your brain and see how we can help uh, your team with some team building.
0: That's great. That's great. He's the the lead pirate in Squad Ready. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> you can refer to me as Captain Paul or Paul. Either one is fine.
2: I hope I'm not cool to get a cool title like that one day.
0: <laughs> all right, right, Paul. Well, sincerely appreciate the time here today. And, uh, and I'm sure that our listeners took something away from this. Uh, really appreciate uh, all the work you're doing to keep us all connected and build teams through COVID. So thank you, Captain. <laughs> Paul Farmer. <laughs> right,
1: that's right. It's a it's a new age pirate.
0: That's right, that's right. A, a, a professional pirate. That's right. Got to right. stay polished. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. All right, that does it for the Rebel HR podcast. Big thank you to our guest. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast. Twitter at Rebel HR Guy. Or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast.
2: Baby.